0: tortoise hello i'm claudia and this is the sense maker from tortoise one story every day to make sense of the world today it's the hottest year in history and nearly 200 countries have agreed a deal to scale up clean energy and move away from fossil fuels For the first time since countries started negotiating over climate change 30 years ago, a transition away from fossil fuels, including oil and gas, has been explicitly included in the final agreement. So how should we judge COP28? That's after a short break. Hearing no objection, it is so decided. (laughs) The agreement at COP28 in Dubai wasn't what everyone wanted. Small island states and European countries had been pushing for tougher language, a phase out of fossil fuels. Saudi Arabia and other oil-producing countries pushed back against that, hard. In the end, the United Arab Emirates, the petro-state that hosted the talks, ...managed to bridge the gap.
1: We're here in an oil state, surrounded by oil states... ...and almost 200 countries have said... ...we need to move away from oil and gas.
0: Instead of a phase-out, it's an agreement to transition away. And there isn't a deadline for when exactly fossil fuel use should peak. Samoa, one of the countries most vulnerable to climate change... ...had this to say on behalf of 39 small island states. We have come to the conclusion that the cost-correction that is needed has not been secured. We have made an incremental advancement over business as usual, when what we really needed is an exponential step change in our actions and support. Still, it's an achievement for the UAE and for COP President Sultan al Jaber, who's in charge of Abu Dhabi's state oil company. So maybe not an obvious pick to lead the world in climate negotiations. Worries about this year's COP deepened when it emerged that more than 2,400 representatives of the fossil fuel sector had shown up in Dubai. Some country delegations included oil and gas company executives. By reputation, Al Jaber is a forceful personality, someone who understands that oil and gas built the emirates, but also believes that clean energy is the future. As well as securing the final deal between countries, he managed to get an agreement from oil and gas companies to reduce emissions from their operations. If that happens, it's a really big chunk of global greenhouse gas emissions. Last week, OPEC, the cartel of oil-exporting countries, urged its members to reject any text that targets, in their words, fossil fuels, rather than talking about emissions cuts. Instead of cutting fossil fuel production, OPEC wants to emphasise using carbon capture technology to contain the emissions. The problem with that approach is the huge amount of energy you would need to run carbon capture at the scale that's actually necessary. There's always this underlying tension at COP, between the countries which point out that fossil fuels provide the energy needed for modern civilization. And others that say a rapidly warming world is going to leave them underwater, literally. But this COP was the first time that you really saw that argument happening in the open. So does this agreement mean we're about to see the end of fossil fuels? We'll have more after the break.
1: Hello, it's James Harding. I'm Tortoise's editor, and I'm the host of The News Meeting, the podcast where three people debate which story should really lead the news. On the most recent episode, we were joined by the businesswoman and campaigner Gina Miller, who discussed obesity and people dropping out of the workforce. We also discussed Russia's push into northern Ukraine and the feud between Drake and Kendrick Lamar. To listen, search for The News Meeting on Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is where we need a reality check. Here's Darren Woods, the chief executive of oil and gas giant ExxonMobil, speaking a few months ago. I think this year we're going to see record high uh, oil oil demand. I expect that to be then uh, next year even be higher. The thing is, he's right. In June, oil demand hit 103 million barrels a day, the highest it's ever been. The growth in oil demand is likely to slow down a bit next year, mainly due to having more efficient vehicles and many more electric ones on the roads. But the world still runs on fossil fuels. We need to find a way to put the brakes on oil, gas and coal at the same time as rapidly ramping up renewable energy. And that will take money. Many developing countries have been pummeled by the rise in interest rates, which make it hard for them to keep servicing their debts, let alone find money to invest in clean energy. Nigeria's environment minister said that asking Africa to phase out fossil fuels without financing the energy transition is like asking us to stop breathing without life support. The language in the COP agreement is very weak on this front putting little pressure on rich countries to support developing ones with the cost of the green transition. So it's not quite the end for fossil fuels. Instead, it's the beginning of the end, and a sign that there's a bumpy road ahead. Thank you for listening to The Sense Maker from Tortoise. This episode was written by climate editor Jeevan Basagar. It was mixed by Xavier Greenwood. tortoise.
1: Hello, it's James Harding. I'm Tortoise's editor, and I'm the host of The News Meeting, the podcast where three people debate which story should really lead the news. On the most recent episode, we were joined by the businesswoman and campaigner Gina Miller, who discussed obesity and people dropping out of the workforce. We also discussed Russia's push into northern Ukraine and the feud between Drake and Kendrick Lamar. To listen, search for The News Meeting on Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts.